Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Verlander's given up exactly one home run in each of his starts so far this year. So six home runs and six starts, one in each one. All of them have been solo homers except one. Here's a 3-2. This one's belted. Right field, that's that homer, and it's a solo. Twins lead 1-0. That was the call on the Astros radio network yesterday. Am I right about that, Jonathan? Yep. Yes, I am. This is Mackie and Judd Guess with the call letters. Guess the call letters. Um, W-H-O-U. No, it's, you're no, close. No. WXBME. KBME. KBME. We're off to a roaring start here, gentlemen. What did I say? WXBME. Hey, you're also a W. I was like, they've got a couple extra letters in there. Hey, it's Phil Maggie from KWXBME. Coming up, Astros baseball. I'm going to do the whole ABCs at that point. It's W-W-W-Z-Y-M. Welcome to KWWE, where it's body slams and suplexes all over the field. And after Astros baseball, it's going to be music nonstop. Spinning the hot wax. The hot wax. Hot wax. Hot wax. Fantastic. It's what they used to do right here. This station. Judd's back could use a hot wax. (laughs) You're not wrong. You know what? I'm just going to go grow up now. Sometimes the truth hurts and... The truth hurts. Uh, oh, gentlemen, wow. uh, all I heard Good start, af- guys. after the Twins hit their 23rd home run against the Orioles in five minutes, basically, all I heard from the naysayers was, all right, that's great. Including, I think, a Judd Zolgad column on scorenorth.com over the weekend. The naysayers who said, it's the Orioles. Wake me up when oh, you, you, when you beat someone like you Justin You didn't read past the okay? lead. I didn't read past the headline, the, this particular No, no, no. <laughs> No, because then I then I praised them. Well, but you're not the only naysayer. I think I think this notion that well, I mean, that's great. It's cute that you beat the Orioles, but go beat go beat somebody who's relevant. Well, number one, they did last night. They beat Justin Verlander one to nothing, and Jake Odorizzi was outstanding. Uh, Jub was in attendance, as evidenced by the ketchup globbed hot dog Dude, picture. So Seriously, <laughs> what are you doing? That was a dried out bratwurst that had just the right amount of ketchup to make it tolerable. Yes, oh it was completely dried out though. Well, yeah, it looked like it. Well, I helped it out. No, you did not. I gave it a little bit of extra. That sauce. was a crime. What you did gave to it a that thing? Bit too much ketchup. Whatever you guys. I'm okay with ketchup. It's just that's you know a what? Too much. You it know was what? aggressive. All the naysayers, all the critics, I tune them aggressive. out. But uh, I feel like that was trolling. Like he was doing that just to troll Twitter. Oh, oh right. no, I didn't do that. Declan. Declan said, "Can I take a picture?" Yeah, and I, I said, "Yes." Yeah, I did not to want make that public. No, I did not want it public. And Declan said, "Can I take a picture?" And I said, "Sure, if you want." No pictures, please, of my hot dog. <laughs> ketchup. Yeah. Thanks, Brett Favre. But I'm wondering if. (laughs) Hey, Jan. Chris Cooley could have been in there somewhere, too. If you are still a naysayer of the twins, I'd love to know why. And if you're listening, tweet at us. But I am fully bought in at this point. I probably was before the season. Rami, you and I were kind of in lockstep. Yep. Joe, where are you at now? After watching what you've watched, it's it's April 30th today. So we've we've watched a month of twins baseball. Mm -hmm. I'm in. Rami's in. Where are you at? I am 
probably not as deep in as you guys are, but I'm very impressed. And, and I think I told you guys this, and this is before they lost, I believe it was three or four to the Blue Jays. This team can flat out hit. And, but here's here's the thing, and, and I was talking to uh, our pal Dan Hayes of The Athletic about this after the Baltimore win on Saturday. It's it's really interesting to watch this team now and the operation. And this is not... The Twins were very well run at one time, okay? So this is going to come off as a dig. It's not meant that, that way. But somewhere along the line, when baseball evolved and the Twins didn't fill... The Twins became like a Juco college. Like, I'm getting my degree from the Twins. I'm going to have a degree. It's going to be a two-year degree. It's not going to be that great. Now, <laughs> and then now I'll go to a real like, school. Yeah. If no. I do well there, I'll go to a real school. It's like Twins Technical College. Or yeah, something. but that's how it felt. That's how it felt by the end. Now, being around the approach here and, like, the formulaics that they're doing, they are, it's like being at an Ivy League school. Like you're watching Ivy League baseball now, if that makes sense. They're doing things now where I almost feel like they're a step up ahead of teams instead of three steps behind. Yeah. And so so I'm still, I'm a little bit wait and see because I'm curious about certain facets of this team. But I think they can flat out hit. And if you continue to get starting pitching like you did last night, you're going to be in very good shape. But it just feels like the evolution of this team is beginning, which is why the curiosity that I have now is when are people going to start to jump on here? Because they haven't yet. 12,000 last night, 12,000 plus last night. And that was not 12,000. That was 12,000 paid. That was was an acknowledgement of of the season ticket base is probably around that much. Nobody went and walked up. It was 54 degrees at first pitch. It was comfortable, and it was... Two first-place teams, Verlander pitching. Hold on. I want to throw this out real quick because we, we don't normally take – we don't take a ton of phone calls on the show, but we don't take a ton in the first segment for sure. But if you're a fan, I mean, to what you're saying, the, the, the attendance certainly has not been reflective of great baseball early in the season. There's a lot of different factors, but – where are you at right now as a Twins fan? Are, are Did you go away because of things that made you mad the last few years? And if so, what would get you back on the bandwagon? 651-646-8255. You can also tweet at us at ScoreNorth, S-K-O-R North. I know put a roof on it has become my shtick. And it's it's done often with it's a tongue-in-cheek, all right? Oh, here I, it comes. This is a Family Guy Kool-Aid Man backup right now. But I really do think that a night like last <laughs> night... <laughs> backup. It's a night where a roof would make a difference. And Judd, you say they were they were perfectly comfortable conditions. I really do, I think most people would disagree. Now, me, I I can handle the cold better than most. But even I last night, I went to I went to Acme Comedy for the open mic, and I was standing outside before waiting for the list to come out after you sign up, and you have to wait, and then they put a list out. Blah blah blah. Nobody cares about that. But I was standing outside and. Like if you're out there for a while, it's it gets a little bit chilly. And if you're out there for three hours, and if you have kids who definitely don't want to sit in that, I I think a roof makes a difference on a night like last night. And having controlled conditions and controlled climate makes a difference. And that's one of the things that I talk about when I I say that that stadium should have had a retractable roof on it when it was built. And again, this but- is. Stick aside. I won't even mention the hashtag again while I'm making this point because I want to be serious about it. I do think that on a night like last night, it's sort of that's like borderline. It's right. It's right on. It's right on the cusp of being nice, but not quite nice enough yet to sit out there for three hours. I think it makes a difference in a in a game like we saw last night. Just uh, quickly though, the Brewers who now draw very well also turned a corner. I see what what you're saying, and I'm not dismissing it completely. But I think it's a variety of factors, and one is, and I don't blame fans here that that much. I'm just saying, last night presented a really uh, perfect storm of two good teams playing, one really good pitcher, one pitcher who pitched very well. And there's going to be, if this keeps up, a corner turned here at some point when people do come back. I'm not saying everybody comes back. But there is there is a, a skepticism that rightfully so, right? exist in this town towards this team. Yes. And I, I'm just, my curiosity is at some point in time, I think you're going to have a pretty large group of fans who, who are, are tired of the wolves being bad. The wild didn't make the playoffs. The Vikings went eight 
seven and one who are going to say, oh, this team's good. So I'm not dismissing you, but I am in my my feeling is that you're going to get some of those people back eventually. I'm curious when. You, some of it is weather. You will. You will get if, if they can consistently perform yeah. like this, especially if they can stretch it over a number a, a couple of seasons or more. Yeah, but I think that there's something to be said for force of habit. The Brewers have had one season since they moved into Miller Park where they sold less than two million tickets. There have been some awful seasons. Now I know. The last few years, Brewers look really good, but I, I can tell you firsthand, there were some awful seasons where the Brewers still drew $2 million, and I think that that's because there's something to be said for force of habit, and it just became habit for people, not just in the immediate area around the ballpark, but throughout the state of Wisconsin, and fans of other clubs who make the trip to Milwaukee, knowing there will be a game that it's summertime, or even it's springtime, and even if it's not nice out, it's time to go to a baseball game. That's just... That's become the norm for people who, who A, are in Milwaukee, B, are anywhere in the state of Wisconsin, and C, baseball fans all over the place who want to know, I can travel here, and I will get what I paid for and what I expected. There is a pattern of this in the past. So, you know, I know that the Twins have had a, have had a couple pop-up type seasons in the past couple of years where they they flirted with playoffs, was it three years ago, and it came up three games short of the Astros at the end of the season, uh, they also had the one game wild card year in 2017 where they, they won 85 games and 85 wins was enough to get you into the wild card game. But the Twins haven't been really, really good, like 90 plus wins and own your division good in almost a decade. That 2010 season doesn't seem like that far away. That's almost a full decade ago now. We're in 2019 now. That The target field era has been a bust, yes. It has. Absolutely. And the last time the Twins had almost a decade run of just 90 lost seasons and mediocrity, and there was a couple shiny moments here and there you know, with individual performances, but the last time they came out of doldrums, 2001, in which, by the way, Rami, there was a roof on the stadium in 2001, hmm. so... Whether uh, less of less of a factor turning fans away in these early weeks, the Twins were awesome to start the 2001 season, and it was this awakening. They had been horrible for years and years and years, and even then, like that was even uh, sort of more of a stunning coming out of nowhere because like no one had been following those prospects, so 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 people had to sort of snap out of it from an attendance standpoint. And the Twins did not do very well early in that year. The Twins jumped out. And they were like 15 games over 500 by the middle of May that season. And there were games, home games, in which they're only drawing 18,000. There's a 10,000, drawing 15,000 fans against the Red Sox. Uh, and then as the season progressed in June, then the attendance went up into the 20s, 25,000. But they weren't coming close to sellouts. So I think what you're seeing here is, rightfully so, I'm not going to rip the fan who aborted mission on this team for being poorly run from a front office standpoint for a number of years and for making a bunch of mistake signings with Ricky Nolasco and company. Um, I, I'm not going to blame the fan who brings his or her sports money elsewhere and says, you know, it's been a good first month, but I'm going to wait until June or July and, and see what's up. I'm not, you know, I might poke at that fan a little bit, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to rip at that fan for not wanting to spend a hundred bucks until this team after mostly 10 years of bust goes out and proves it. I also think that, if you have lost faith in this team and maybe some interest in this team, you don't really know how they got to where they are now. And you think this is just a pop-up like these guys are just overachieving, playing over their heads. They'll come back down to earth. But I think that if, if you know, if you've been following what's going on, this is no accident. What's happening right now with the Minnesota twins, a, the stuff Judd was talking about before with the infrastructure that's been put in place. And in terms of, getting these guys as ready as they can be, putting them in the best position they can be to succeed. But also, I know the cheap poll ads is is uh, sort of a moniker around here, but they brought in guys this offseason who they said would make a difference and are making a difference. It's not like this, this just happened by accident or this is just some pop-up or some fluke. This is exactly what the Twins told you they were trying to do, and now it's happening. Yeah, you're you're right. Did you just say that? I it's did. On purpose? It's happening. I did. Oh, I thought you. Let's dust off the t-shirts. Do we have any left? I don't think so. We can make some of them. 651 Someday we'll tell Rami the whole story of the It's Happening hashtag. I just use it. I don't even know the story. I just oh, use it. We'll, we'll tell you the story on this show then. Okay. Uh, Steve in Minneapolis, you're on with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. 
Hey, guys. So just a comment about last night and then overall what I think, just two things. So first of all, I probably went to 25 games last year. I Baseball games are not fun if it isn't 65. It's not like a football game where you're standing up and moving around. It gets cold way sooner, and I just don't think that people are thinking about that on a Monday night in April when it's cold. Second thing is, is I went to four different baseball parks last year other than Target Field, and the atmosphere at Target Field compared to all the other places is so much less exciting. It's less raucous. It's uh, so much more family-oriented, and I know that it's good. I, I have a young child. It's nice to do that, but it's so much less exciting and there's just this element missing. I don't know if you want to call it an adult element missing from the game because it's so kid and family oriented that it almost takes something away from the excitement. I'll hang up and listen. But thanks for taking the call. All right. Steve brings up some some points. I would say the something missing is not. I mean, there's plenty of adult things to do at Target Field. I would guess that <laughs> there's, the there's amount more of bars, bars there, at Target yes. Field compared to other stadiums is through the roof. Yes. I think the thing missing is good baseball for 10 years. This is the first time I know that we've seen a couple little pop-up, cute little 85-win season, cute little 83-win season, but that's not real winning baseball. I will say this. It's not along the same lines of, of what the caller was just saying, but to that effect, you guys talked about the fact that there are bars all over the park Friday night, La Tortuga night. I went on opening day. We were sort of in and out of there. We had to go do the show. Friday night was the first game I attended in full and like walked around the park while the game was going on. Me and Derek Wetmore, we recorded five thoughts out there. Listen to it. Scorenorth.com. We're on the Score North mobile app. But when I walked past those bars that you guys are talking about, now maybe this changes when people buy into this team and, and, and the atmosphere in the park as a whole changes as it gets filled up. But I walked past those bars and I got the impression there were a bunch of people in those bars who, and no offense to you, it's your money, it's your time, it's your entertainment discretion, do what you want with it. But the impression I got was there's a bunch of people who weren't there for baseball. They were there for a social event yeah. and to be in a cool place to be. But that's how they've been trained since 2010. I can I can remember in 2000, you had a honeymoon period when the stadium opens and the Twins were really good coming off a bunch of division championships over the last decade. And I just remember fa- the stadium was much more full, obviously, but fans were very much engaged. Now, they didn't have as many communal areas in bars in 2010. But if you're a Twins fan, 2011, 2013, 2016, you don't go to the game to watch good baseball because there wasn't good baseball. So I almost think this generation of fans the last 10 years has been trained to go to Target Field as sort of a bar hopping experience. Like, how are you going to get through a Twins game most more often than not the last 10 years without well, throwing, with back, throwing back a couple right. shock tops or something stiffer, right? Yeah, and it's not, you know what, too, I mean, this town is not necessarily a great baseball town. So it's not this hardcore baseball town. So pe- people go to, to have fun, and that stadium does provide enough bars where, where you could basically go have lots of fun and not w- watch the game. But... I always come back to this. I can't fault people who have been given a bad product for this long. There's just been not enough consistent, you know, success. They've had a couple of good years, but when you are asked to pay those prices, and it's not cheap, right? When you're asked to pay those prices, and this team has consistently not been good. But that's why that's why I continue to say now the one thing that I think people are going to catch on to, if I'm right about what we're seeing now, is that this does feel different. This organization feels like it's like it's at a point that I can't recall seeing it since probably what was considered the Twins way, Phil, in what, 2005-ish? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 651-646-8255. We're going to talk to Roy Smalley from Fox Sports North very shortly here. And if you want to watch the stream, you can watch us and comment in the comment section on twitch.tv slash score north. Ryan and St. Paul, we're, uh, we're talking about, A, do you, do you believe in the Twins after this hot start, and when will people start coming out to the ballpark? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, man. Sure. Um, so I, I might be a little off base here. I haven't been close to the team since probably the early 2000s, but I kind of liken a little bit to that. Those are the days when I was in college and I watched a lot of ball, and I feel like 
those are the guys that kind of came up young, like Koski and Minkiewicz and Guzman and Rivas. And the, I don't know if you remember, the Twins had a marketing campaign called Get to Know Them. Yeah, it was great. And yeah. I think they, the marketing team probably has a really big challenge ahead of them because I think a lot of the fans don't aren't really tied to any of these players and have a hard time really attaching themselves to anybody like they did in that uh, era. And I think if we can find a way to get that kind of um, figured out, I think a lot of these fans would be, you know, a lot more on board and, you know, attracted to the product. I think the product is great on field, but the personality is the big part of the team. And I think they might be missing a little bit. Ryan and St. Paul. Thanks for the call. But that comes how? How? You win baseball games. Yeah, that, that, this that, is a likable team. Yeah, like, I, I think there are, are personalities on th- this team. But if you recall that team, Brzezinski, Mikhevich, that that whole group, we really didn't care until they got good, and then it's fun. So if you if you win, people will gravitate towards these players. Let's take uh, another one here. Marie in Oakdale. You're on the show. Hey, guys. Hello. What's going on, Marie? Hi. Hey, you know, about you guys talking about the Twins and all this good stuff. Now, I prefer to listen to people talk about being, you know, fans year-round, fans as soon as spring training starts. You guys are like, oh, yeah, now I'm in, now I'm in. Come on, what happened to we're all in all the time, every August, you know what I am? I'm like, I'm bored, we're going to win the Super Bowl every August, you know? That's just like Judd, though. Judd really is like... (laughs) Judd really is like that deep down inside. They signed Cousins, and I said, that's it. Super Bowl bust. Well, in, in, in fairness, Marie, in fairness, Rami and I, from the beginning of spring training, said people are overrating the Indians and sleeping on some of these Twins acquisitions. And here we are. I think we're 100% yeah, we, right we with no this. downside. Yep. Yeah, but let's not say, okay, are you in now? Are you in now? I mean, come on. This, actually, it's kind of annoying. I might have to switch to the other channel. And I hate the other channel. <laughs> well, Marie, we hope you don't do that. We appreciate you listening to this channel, and thank you for your phone call. All right, bye, Marie. Hate's such a strong word, Marie. <laughs> hate is such a strong word. Why would you hate people? Life's too short. Be like me. It's I feel positive. like you and Marie need to have a We're philosophical conversation twins. about sports fandom. We're gonna score. In which Marie is putting her heart on the line 24-7-365. How do you do and that? Judd is like, you know Judd what? Has like a... That takes a lot of energy, man. How do you do that? That takes a lot of energy. I, I respect her, but my God, in this town with these teams, think about the drain that would be. The rela- the complication of that relationship between you and the teams in this town that lets you down constantly. I feel like I've mastered the art of... like. I buy in when I want to, and I can and I can keep it a clo a safe emotional distance when I need to as well. See, when I when I buy in, I I buy in, but I don't just buy in just because. Oh, I'm a fan, so let me expect a Super Bowl or a World Series every year. When I feel like it's realistic to buy in, I I do, and then if it doesn't happen, my feelings, my heart are yeah. completely crushed. Yeah. Let's take one more here on this. <laughs> Kevin in Duluth, what's your level of buy in right now? Hey, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Uh, this is Kevin. Kevin from Blaine, though. I, I don't oh. know where Duluth came. I used to live in Duluth. Um, well, Blaine's a long way away. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Jonathan I'm actually X, X-Twins News on uh, Twitter. I've interacted with you guys a bunch. Oh, wait. The, the, Kevin, you're X-Twins News on Twitter? I sure am, yeah. Oh. Fantastic account. Nice. We That's appreciate the interaction. Yeah, thanks account, for buddy. calling, man. Yeah, no problem. You know what? I think this, this fan base is just so beat up. Uh, you think of those dark dark days after 92 i mean 92 was a good season after 91 but that stretch in the 90s was was awful and it took that pop-up year and the 99 year with all the rookies and some success into 2000 and 2001 and people were back on board and that's kind of similar what we're going through now i mean we we had a pop-up season in 15 but other than that since the since the stadium opened it's been it's been some dark days and hey i've got x-twin stuff that can prove it those those lineups they trotted out there for years were sad, and so hey, I, I'm not I'm not uh, attending games just yet. I'll be there. I think they've got a great team this year. We're gonna we're gonna get um, some really good baseball late into the summer and into the fall, and uh, you know that's gonna get people coming out, and then sets up for a really good season next year. Awesome. Hey, uh, X Twins News, Kevin. Thanks for the phone call. You got it. Thanks, guys. All right. So it's a good account. Good follow. Seriously. I know, I agree. I always love when people who we interact with on Twitter. Come call in for the first time or reveal or, yourself. Yeah, <laughs> there's a couple that I'd love to find out. About. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are. Uh, but I, I, I get it if you're if you're too damaged from the last few years. But I don't know. I I know that I'm. It's happening, guy, and we'll explain that to you later in the hour, Rami. Yeah. So I'm the boy who cried wolf. But 
this lineup is legit. Oh, so it you've done this before? Nowhere. Oh. No, it's a it's a yeah. it's a story. Okay, it's a story. He sort of went all in at one point. It looked like the right call at the time, and they wound up losing ninety nine <laughs> games. <laughs> it worked out well for marketing purposes, if I do recall. It did. Let's talk to Roy Smalley when we come back here. <laughs> Mackie and Jeb with Rami from the TCL Studios, and uh, in fact, I believe uh, the latest episode of What Are We Watching, a little short uh, video series that. Rami and I have uh, dove into that's going to be up on the score North social media platforms pretty soon here where we talk about Marvel movies and uh, no spoilers. We didn't spoil anything from Sunday, but TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand. And you got to see the new award winning lineup of TCL TVs in any major local retailer in the twin cities here, superior 4k picture quality, Dolby vision, giving you greater contrast, brighter, more accurate colors, lifelike images, from the brightest to brightest to the darkest to darks. We've got TCL TVs here, three of them. Count them up in the studio. We've got them all over the hallways here at Score North. And uh, we're pretty much all in. Just like we are with the Twins, we're pretty much all in on TCL TVs with that built-in Roku device giving you access to thousands of streaming channels. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand, and TCLUSA.com. Roy Smalley next. Baseball. Glenn Perkins on baseball. Baseball. Roycey on baseball. Baseball. And the Score North Twin Show. An incredible lineup of twin shows. Available on scorenorth.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Baseball. Just search Score North Twin Show on Apple or Spotify or download the Score North mobile app. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. I'm Rami along with Phil Mackie, Judd Zalget, and joining us now on the phones, former twin and now on the Fox Sports North pre- and post-game. All's a pleasure to check in with Roy Smalley at this time every week. Roy, how are you this afternoon? Uh, other than the dreariness of the day, I'm uh, I'm trying not to let that affect my attitude. Yeah, I'm hoping they can get baseball in at Target Field tonight, even though that they didn't hashtag put a roof on it. But I digress, Roy. Uh, this this Twins team just hammering the baseball, and I think second in the major leagues in home runs. And the thing I keep hearing is that they they can't keep up this pace of home runs. But to me, Roy, the scariest thing about this Twins team is. The weather hasn't even warmed up yet, and we all know that when it gets warmer, that ball flies a little bit farther and a little bit faster. I'm of the belief that they can keep this up and maybe even improve on this home run pace a little bit. Am I crazy? I don't think you're crazy. I think it's uh, it's maybe unlikely that they would keep up this pace, which, uh, I mean, if you think about the, I think the Twins' record for home runs in the season is 225, and they're on a pace to hit 280 or 90, something like that. Uh, it, so it might be, a, a, you know, one of those one of those streaks. And we've talked about this, you know, before. We get a guy, a bunch of guys that can hit the ball out of the ballpark, and and are good hitters. You know, you get everybody in a in a home run streak at the same time. You can also, and these kind of things happen. There are going to be some streaks where this, the um, rate of strikeouts goes up and, and the rate of home runs goes down. There will be some streaks where guys aren't hitting the ball of the ballpark uh, as much. But the beauty of the Twins lineup uh, right now is that one through nine, uh, I mean, everybody, and maybe one through 11 or 12, I mean, everybody can hit the ball out of the ballpark. So your odds of, you know, two or three or four guys swinging it well at the same time have, have improved dramatically. Roy, let's dive deep here. And th- this is something that I've picked up on probably in, in the past two weeks or so. But it's definitely it's something the Twins don't want to talk a ton about, but they're definitely doing. And, and I'd be curious to get your thoughts on the difference it's making. And that's working counts. They are working counts. Now, it takes. It means that the game can take a l- longer period of time to play. I get that. But they are working counts brilliantly. And, and Kepler, I go back to him. On Monday night against Verlander in his first at bat, Roy, it was a ten pitch at bat. What does that do, and how much, if you are batting uh, behind Max, does that help you to get an elongated look at basically everything the starting pitcher has early in the game like that? Well, it's important, but I, I want to make it an important uh, distinction about about working counts. It, it, it's it's really important for people to understand 
the right way to work account and what that should mean as opposed to what people think it means, which is go up and take a bunch of pitches automatically and, and hope the guy throws a lot of balls and and um, don't swing the first pitch and all that. And I think that is uh, is nuts. I think it's the wrong way to, quote, work counts. The way you work counts is you go up and before you have two strikes, you say this is where this is the kind of pitch I'm looking for and this is the spot I'm looking for it in. So first ball pitch is uh, like a three and one, uh, two and oh, three and one count. Uh, if it's and, and you get real small in what you're looking for, and and if it's not there, you know you take it, and if it is there, you know you try to you know scorch it uh, somewhere. Working counts, uh, it, 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 I think, is uh, not swinging at balls that are that are either outside the strike zone or on the perimeter of the strike zone, which are harder to hit or that fool you. And Max Kepler is a great example because. Judd, you and I, we've talked about this, um, you know, to, uh, it, it individually and uh, on this show uh, about, you know, what do you think Max Kepler, what do I think Max Kepler needs to do? I mean, we talked about this last year and early, you know, this year. He needs to get real aggressive on the pitches that he wants to hit and quit being so aggressive on pitches that either fool him or he wasn't looking for. And the whole lineup is doing a terrific job of that right now. They're looking for balls that they can drive and uh, until they get two strikes. And if they're not there, they take them. They're not afraid to go 0 and 1 or be 2 and 0 and go 2 and 1 because someone threw a one on the at the knees on the outside corner. I mean, why make an out on a pitch that's not your pitch? And more often than not, if you do it that way, you're you you hit home runs and extra base hits because you're aggressive on the ones you want. But you also get lo- you know longer pitch counts. I mean, you see a lot of pitches because. Pitchers can't throw the ball where they want to all the time in the strike zone, and and so you end up with, you know, having a lot of three and two counts. Uh, and only reason you got, you know, two strikes is because you didn't hit the you you didn't get the pitch you wanted, uh, and not because, you know, you you uh, were taking or or not aggressive on something. So I I really think that's an important uh, distinction. And yes, if that's our definition of working counts, they're great at it right now. Roy, if you aren't already fully bought into the Twins as a as a legitimate contender in the American League, and when I mean contender, I mean a team that can go toe to toe in a playoff series uh, with other top teams. When will you buy in? How much more do you need to see, and what do you need to see? I I just want to see full. You know, from uh, I want to see where they where the pitching staff is at the all-star break. Okay. And uh, then, you know, if it's, if it's where it is right now, um, then, then, I'm, then I'm all in. I, it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to depend on the pitching staff it, I, it, I, 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 like, it, like it does for everybody else. And, um, and I think the Twins are no different. Is there anybody on the pitching staff in particular? Obviously, Barrios, we all know and, and believe in him, but is there anybody on the staff – whether the starting rotation or the bullpen that you look at and you go, I'm not quite sure if 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 that guy is quite that. Well, you know, I th- I think we the jury's out on Pineda for sure. I mean, he he's had some good games uh, against teams that weren't swinging the bat very well, and then and then he's uh, been uh, uh, off a little bit. But overall, uh, I think that's been encouraging. I mean, this will be this next few starts will be a you know, we'll, we'll uh, tell a bit of a, of a tale there, and I, um, I, I think that Gibson is going to be back to being the Gibson he was last year, which is extremely important for this club. I mean, you know, if, if he is, if they got Brios and Gibson uh, pitching, uh, you know, like we think we can, then then I feel I, I feel you know better about all all the time, and they they need one more guy, and. and you know whether it's Pineda or the way Odorizzi has has pitched, or the surprise that we're getting from Martin Perez. I mean, who, you know, whoever it is, they need at least they need at least one more guy. And I, I don't, you know, I don't. I guess I don't have a strong feeling about saying I just don't know if he's the guy. But you know, I, I guess the, after Gibson, we would look at all three of them. And go, you know, just don't know yet. What has Jake changed? Be, because 
you know, his f- first year, I think there were pretty high expectations for him in uh, 2018, Roy, and, and he certainly did not live up to those. What have you seen that's different in him as a pitcher in 2019 now as uh, there, there certainly has been more success? And last night he was pretty doggone masterful, I thought. Yeah, he sure was. And and so here, the thing that, that – uh, that he has to do first and foremost, it, he he has the, what they, they're calling now carry on his fastball. I mean that what what we used to call in the old days. Uh, guys uh, has a lot of late life, uh, uh, has a lively fastball. I mean they're calling it carry now, and what that what that means is the ball doesn't seem to slow down as much as it, it you know, it's the guys that don't have great carry. I mean, they might throw 95 out when the gun sees it halfway to the plate. By the time it gets to the plate, it's 92 or something. I, I mean, I don't know exactly the numbers, but uh, for whatever reason, older Rizzi's fastball seems to get on hitters quickly. And, and that's, judging by the way the hitters react and, and how they can't hit high, the, his high fastball. And, but he's got to be able to throw it up there for strikes. Uh, he can't miss high because it's a bread-and-butter pitch. He's got to get guys to swing at that pitch in a high strike zone because it's very effective. He's done that better this year. And probably. And the other second thing is his secondary pitches have got to be meaningful in a hitter's mind. Last year he couldn't control his curveball. Uh, well enough, uh, he, he couldn't control his changeup uh, well enough, uh, and he wasn't. Uh, you know, Odorizzi is really good on the high limit of the strike zone and the inside line of that strike zone box down to about belt high, and he's got to be able to throw fastballs in there uh, or be on the outside corner, and then he's got to have command of his of his secondary pitches. He didn't. He wasn't enough of any of those things last year and he's been pretty doggone good with all of those things this year i love what you said roy smalley from uh, fox sports north here on Mackie and judd with rami and i love what you said the, the way you phrased it making your secondary pitches meaningful do you remember just a quick a quick anecdote here do you remember that game i think it was six or seven years ago when the twins were playing in cincinnati and joe mauer had that at bat against Araldis chapman in which he wound up i think lining a single to center and then josh willingham hit a home run and I think Joe doubled off the left center field wall or something. I mean, yes. He threw, it about, he threw it about 99 or 100, and, and Joe hit it out about 110. Yes. In fact, it might have been over 100, and you're right about the double. And then Willingham came up and uh, got a 3-1 fastball and put it in the right. upper deck, and the Twins won. And, right. and somebody was telling me I – I mean, if this was you at some point telling me, then, then stop me. But um, that somebody asked Joe Maurer, man, how did you – I mean, this dude's throwing 103 miles an hour with a 90-mile-an-hour breaking ball. How did you make that look so easy? And Joe said, I just eliminated his breaking ball. Because <laughs> yeah. he, he doesn't, he doesn't right. throw it over the plate. So, like, literally, if, if the pitch was coming in and it was a breaking ball, it didn't matter. And, and you know, you can fire a fastball out of a cannon, and major league hitters are going to hit it if they know it's coming. And I'd love just more of your thoughts on, as a professional hitter, and Joe Maurer, it might be a Hall of Fame hitter, so it's hard to compare you know regular players to him. But when you know that a pitcher only has one pitch he can throw over, just the difference between your at bats in that scenario versus if a guy's got three. You, if a guy has only one pitch that he can throw over, you run to the plate. You you run up there and hope you get a chance to hit before they take him out of the game. A, a guy has got to uh, impress hitters. Uh, make it make. Uh, his secondary pitches uh, um, meaning more uh, meaningful uh, because if if he can't, guys sit on the one pitch that he um, it, it can throw uh, over, and you're right, uh, big league hitters just will will tear that up. And uh, the, to use Odorizzi as an example, you know he threw curveballs last year, but. They were bounced, you know, on the plate, or they were hangers that got hit nine miles. And this year, he's throwing them at good speeds in in good locations. Uh, so, guys, and the same thing with his changeup. Last year, he was either throwing high home run pitch changeups, or he couldn't get them anywhere close enough to the strike zone to make a hitter worry about the fact, well, I can't just sit on the fastball because the changeup looks like a fastball, and I'll be way out in front. I've got to wait to see it, and now when I wait to see it, then that carry that we're talking about, that high fastball strike, gets thrown right by him. So it, it, 
the reason it's it, why I said it, you have to have secondary pitches that are meaningful, it means they have to impress, they have to get in the hitter's mind that, man, he can throw any one of three pitches that are different speeds and different trajectories and tend to be thrown in different spots, and I don't know which one's coming. And I'm, and I, so then I go up uh, not eliminating pitches. I'm, I'm looking for all three, almost like I step in the box and I'm hitting with two strikes. i got to hit anything and everything that he might throw up there. That's a, a huge difference for me if I go up and say, I don't know what I'm going to get to – I don't care what he throws. I'm going to get a fastball, and I'm going to kill it, you know, because he can't throw anything else over. That's it. It's an immense difference. Can the Twins get Baltimore six more times, Roy Smalley? <laughs> I, I want it for, for their sake. I'd like to get about 12 more against. If you're an O's fan, life must be, for at least uh, the, the next couple of years, pretty doggone hopeless. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be grim, I think, in Baltimore for a little while, unless something really drastic were to happen in the whole organization. But but, you know, to that point about the Twins, you know, beating them up, it, that line, the, the Twins lineup is going to get shut down by Verlander and, put, you know, Garrett Cole, you know, those, those kind of guys, uh, just like everybody else is. Uh, you know, they're not going to score eight runs a game against, the, you, you know, every team's top starter or, uh, or two. But here's what they're doing that's, that I really like. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna contend, then when you get an inferior team, when you get uh, mediocre pitching, you know good teams tear that just tear that up, and that's what they've done. And I'm okay with Verlander sticking it to them every once in a while, or any, you know any of these guys that have great stuff, whether it's Kluber or Bauer or anybody. I mean, you just got to fight your rear end off against against those guys. But the guys that you should beat, if you let them get away. Uh, then that's how you don't contend. And that's one of the things that I'm most excited about this lineup is that they're tearing up the guys that, that are, that are, you know, have, that are throwing mediocre stuff up there or who, you know, to our other point, only have one pitch that they're getting over and the guys are taking advantage of that. And that's a really great sign. Yeah, and uh, and to the folks that were that were saying, "Well, it's Baltimore. Go beat Justin Verlander." Well, they just did last night, so we'll see. Well, but you know what, Baltimore. I mean, that's a big league team that must be beaten, and they did it. Not everybody has. I mean, they, yeah. they went in and gave the Yankees trouble. You know, at the beginning of the season, and and they'll they'll win. They're going to win. You know, sixty games. So somebody's gonna, somebody's going to lose. Some group of teams is going to lose sixty games to the you know to the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, Roy Smalley, Fox Sports North, World Series champion. We'll talk to you next week. Great stuff, Roy. All right, see you guys. All right, Mackie and Judd with Rami from the TCL Studios. But let's talk about the best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities here for a moment before we do anything else. In fact, when we come back, we're going to explain it's happening to Rami who wasn't around in 2011 for the birth of It's Happening. Maybe it's happening again for the Twins this season. I know it's happening at Luther Brookdale Toyota, where uh, some of the, the best and most knowledgeable people in the automotive industry are employed on a daily basis, whether it's the service department, you need a, something as basic as an oil change, or maybe it's something a little more intensive and, uh, and something that might wind up costing you a, a couple bucks. They will talk you through the entire process. They will hold your hand proverbially. Uh, proverbially? I'm going to butcher that word. Uh, they're just really good, smart yeah, people. Proverbially? Proverbially. Could I get the language of origin, please? Um, it's a place I've been going to since I was about 16 years old. Took a 1992 Camry there, my first car, and drove that thing up to 280,000 miles. And it drive pretty much. It drove like new, even though it was... Uh, very much 2025 20, years old because of the great people at Luther Brookdale Toyota 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. All right. Thank you, Jonathan Harrison. It's Mackie and Jeb with Rami from the TCL Studios. And we're going to have throughout the five o'clock hour some good stuff. We wrap with Roycey every day. But at the top of the hour, some inside intel on the Wolves president of basketball operations candidates. Ooh. I want to throw at you guys. Even oh. we don't know this. Done some insiding here. I don't have. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to, I don't know who they're hiring, but I, but I have information about the guys that might help us rank them. Did you say I've done some insiding? Yeah. Okay. Insidering? No. Insiding's Prover- correct. Proverbially? Proverbially? 
Proverbial, <laughs> proverbial insiding is absolutely correct. How how good are your sources? Do you think like, they're, they're legitimately good? Like a I a level I'm, source, B level source. I'm talking reckless speculation, or is no. this okay? No, this is ironclad speculation. That's Ooh. really not how this show works. <laughs> so I don't know what to you don't make want of it. Be this. credible. Yeah, I'll, I'll add a couple reckless doing? pieces just to make sure that okay. Reckless speculation. Oh wow, that's new. That's Manny. Reckless speculation. <laughs> we didn't see that coming. Changed them all. That's amazing. When did this happen? <laughs> when you least expect it. Reckless speculation. Yes. Look at wow. That. Manny Hill coming through in the clutch there. <laughs> so, Rami, what do you know about it's happening? I don't really know anything about it. Happening. I just saw you using it in reference to the twins doing good things. I was like, oh, I guess this is a thing. I'll use it. It's happening when I tweet good things about the twins. When I'm not tweeting... Hashtag put a roof on it or hashtag robot umpire takeover. I'm tweeting hashtag it's yeah. happening. You're trained well. Thank uh, you. Judd, what like how would you I, I'm gonna go through the timeline with Rami here, but how would you explain to an outsider uh the the meaning and the power of the hashtag it's happening? Because most people, whenever I tweet it, I get fifty responses. No, you're jinxing it. Stop. Put the t shirts away. Why has this been has this been a, a, a bad thing in the past when you've said it's happening? How can I describe it? <laughs> oh, God. Um, I'm going to stop using it then. I would say if I was to try and, and use a modicum of words to describe this mm-hmm. and not go in, into detail because Phil will, I would say um, it was a shooting star. One hit wonder. <laughs> it was it was well-meaning. Let's put it that way. It was Amy Winehouse. <laughs> No, 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 no. She was super talented and tragically died. Well, this was this was a British invasion band, and because the Beatles were big, it had a huge one huge hit. It was the Monkees. No, I'm a big Monkees fan. They they were actually actually. very successful. No, but this was this was a one hit. It was Kurt Cobain. Oh man, come on. Why are you comparing it to people who died who were really talented? It was well, it was a moment in time. How about that? It was Jimi Hendrix. Do you think that's fair? It, it was it was certainly a moment. It was in time. a moment in time. So, Rami, the 2011 Minnesota Jimmy Twins. Hendrix. Okay, <laughs> actually, this uh, this could be a whole. We could do a whole two hour show on the 2011 Minnesota Twins and not run out of material. Dumb okay, enough. so you got to keep in mind just to set the groundwork. The Twins for 10 years had been one of the best teams in baseball. Right. From 2001 yeah. to 2010. They're at Target sure. Field. They, uh, they they even went in in the winter meetings going into 2011 after getting swept by the Yankees. They were a 94-win team, got swept by the Yankees in the playoffs. Um, with Justin Morneau having been knocked out with a, well, no pun intended, with a concussion. Mm-hmm. And so the, the feeling going into 2011 was, as laughable as it is now in retrospect, all these dudes are in their prime. Morneau's coming back. He was the best hitter in baseball when he got... Uh, sidelined. Maurer, okay, he was an MVP just two years before. The, the people hadn't soured on Joe Maurer yet. They've got this young nucleus, Jason Kubel, and all these guys. Denard Spann, they added J.J. Hardy, and then they made it. Then they started making bad trades, which we didn't know about at the time. But the feeling was in 2011, this team is, is, is ready to rock. They're ready to beat the Yankees, mm-hmm. and they just boosted their payroll. They brought, uh, they brought like $15 million more onto the books. And they start seventeen and thirty-seven, Ooh. June first, and they are seventeen and thirty-seven. So was that? Were you saying it's happening to start that season? Well, the hashtag hadn't come up yet. Okay, I was saying, well, the, the, they got to get over the Yankees hump, right? That's right. what I was saying. Seventeen and thirty-seven. It was like, okay, Maurer had gone out with bilateral leg weakness or whatever ailment he was dealing with. Mm-hmm. Morno, I don't even know. I can't remember. Morno was not the same player ever again after 2010 with the concussions and whatnot. Other injuries. They had, like, Jason Kubel was out with a foot injury. So it was, like, injuries, lack of productivity. And then something something happened. After something the magical? After the 17 and 37 start, the Twins went 15 and 2 in their next three weeks. Oh. And it all culminated with a 9 nothing first inning over Madison Bumgarner in San Francisco, in which the Twins tap-danced all over one of the best teams in baseball, the San Francisco Giants, to pull within, I believe it was six games of the division after being out like 20 games down in the division just a few weeks earlier. 
and they pulled it within six games in the division on June 21st. Oh, and, and this they're is up, where they're up nine to nothing in the first inning, and and, and so I, I think I had thrown out the hashtag a week prior when it was like, "Ooh, the Twins are Twins have won nine of ten or whatever it is," and I think I started tweeting like, you know, "Maybe hashtag it's happening, the comeback, it's <laughs> happening." And the Twins went up nine nothing against the Giants in that game in the first inning, and it blew the bleep up. It, it it was trending around the country. Hashtag it's happening. It was just like if you ever if you use TweetDeck and you just see a live stream of at replies and it's just coming in. Oh my god, this is happening. Oh my god, oh my god. Uh, they did lose a few games in a row, but they actually had between June first and the trade deadline, they had like the second or first best record in baseball over that stretch. Okay, and they cut it to four or five games under five hundred from twenty. And this is a team that they went 16 and 3 at the end of the year in 2009 to force a game 163. Uh, they had done this a number of times they before. They've shown a flair for the dramatic well, and they, stepping up in the big moment. They make a run. You thought they're getting Mowers coming back, Kubel's coming back. And uh, it didn't they, happen. They, went, they lost 99 games. <laughs> they lost 99. So they went from four games or five games under 500. Whatever, like at the All-Star break or sometime before that, and they wind so, up still losing 99 games. Have you just been saying it's happening every season since? Well, it's tongue-in-cheek now. Okay. Yeah. Until now. Well, maybe it's not anymore. Now it's real. It might be real. Now it's a real thing. It's possible. Yeah. It's happening. For those of you who have soured on Phil and his It's Happening predictions, I'm new to this thing, man, and I mean it when I say it's happening. This thing is happening. I think you should go with something different. And somebody... I feel like you're, I feel like, like you're, you're from Phil's band... And Phil's band failed, and so you shouldn't have, like, <laughs> Tesla 2. I feel you should have a new band I'm the name. cover band of a band that wasn't even that good. Exactly. <laughs> I, I feel like you should change your band name to disassociate yourself from that phrase. It's really happening? Is This time it's really happening? That's too long a hashtag. I don't know. I'll come up with something if I need to change it up. Maybe it's happening? Question mark. I will say this, mark. and somebody pointed it out on Twitter last night. The Twins, or excuse me, the Brewers never had so much success as when I passed through Milwaukee for 13 years. Maybe, just maybe. Wait, that's a 13-year period, though. Good, good baseball follows me around. But they made the playoffs more times in that 13-year period okay. than they did in their entire history. Which was how many? Uh, Three times? Like, like twice. Four? I think oh. four times in the 13 years oh, I was then there. then they got bounced in the first round once yeah. or something. I don't recall it. Yeah. Okay. I think Actually, three the, or four times. The, the What was the... Um, Tony Plush, what that guy's real? What's that guy's real name again? Outfielder. Um, his alias, I know his alias is Tony yeah. Plush. Uh, he was good for like thirty seconds. Niger Morgan. Niger Morgan. Yeah, I love the peak Niger moment Morgan. in Brewers history is when Jamie Maggio put a microphone in Niger Morgan's face after they clinched a playoff series, and he just bellows, "Bleep yes!" <laughs> <laughs> like people throwing water on it and stuff. <laughs> so uh, that that's the story of the hashtag. It's happening. So just know that when you when you throw it around, it's uh, it's likely to get. It some might backlash. not be happening. And yeah. when it really does happen, just make sure to give me all the credit because I'm the good okay. luck charm. Sounds good. All right. Do uh, you guys want some? You guys want a little little breakdown of what's happening with the Twins, President of Basketball Operations? You mean the Wolves. Not the Twins. No, I don't. Oh, the, the Twins fired Falvey. The, twi- the Twins that? aren't going to be doing anything with the President. That'd be weird if the Twins hired a President of Basketball Operations. Okay, would that would be. <laughs> you know what that would be? Super progressive thinking. It would be, yeah. It's analytics to a new level. Outside the box. 